Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and I say turkey for the girls and turkey for the boys. And here's a guy whose favorite kind of pants are corduroys. Here's the captain. I really did like corduroy pants in high school. It's good to be seen and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. You know what would be great with Thanksgiving dinner? A little shot of whiskey with a refreshing lemon shandy chaser. That's right, baby. Today we are still sipping on Shady Spot by our good friends over at Susquehanna Brewing Company. ABV 4.5% garage grade four and a quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's start off with a big, huge thank you to Porsche and parts unknown. A big cheers to Amela in Boise, Idaho. Next, we have a nice contribution to this week's beer fund from Frank and Estelle Catstanza from Del Boca Vista Retirement Community in Los Angeles. <laughs> Catstanza. Can't stand ya. And a big shout out to Allison in Ledgewood, New Jersey. And here's a double cheers to Jen and MJ at Center Caps Direct. They are out in Naka Nowhere, which I believe is just one county over from Parts Unknown. So cheers to Jen and MJ and cheers to everyone who contributed to this week's Garage Fridge Fill-Up Beer Run. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show this year. Big things happening as this is our last show. <laughs> big things are happening because we're we're quitting no just joking big things happening in 2021 and i hope 2000 and i hope everybody made it through 2020 and that is enough of the business all right everybody gather around grab a chair grab a beer let's talk some true crime We are continuing our discussion with John Douglas, retired FBI special agent John Douglas. You know him from the Behavioral Science Unit. You may know him from the wonderful show 
Mind Hunter. Picking up where we left off, we were discussing one of my favorite books, Law and Disorder, and in particular, the West Memphis Three case. Mr. Douglas, when you met Mark Byers, there was a dramatic contrast to your meeting with Terry Hobbs. At first, Mark Byers was off-put and not very welcoming to your conversation, but he very quickly warmed up to you and then became very much an open book, whereas Terry Hobbs put on the facade of being welcoming and interested in talking to you. However, as the conversation went along, he became aggressive and became dodgy to your questions. He wanted, yeah, he very much so. He, a word got out that, you know, that, that uh, he wanted to get, have somebody uh, get rid of me uh, and uh, contract have me, have me killed. Uh, but Byers, you're exactly right. I, when I sat on that porch of his, it was hot as heck down there, sweating, and, and he got angry as hell, and his wife was there. Uh, and uh, initially, then I started talking. I was on the porch like an hour or so. And then finally, uh, I was invited into the house, and I spent hours on hours, you know, you know, with him and just assessing him. And I mean, I mean, he's not the most uh, uh, stable person uh, you know, at that uh, certainly, but he's he, he didn't kill he didn't kill his you know his his child. Uh, a different feel too that I had when I spoke uh, when I spoke to Terry. Hobbs, and uh, initially spoke with him at a shopping center, trying to get, gain his trust. And then when I started gaining information on him, and he got really pissed off at me when I, I we were able to track down uh, years earlier uh, how he uh, broke into a house, a, a neighbor's house, and, and uh, as she was taking a shower, and he tried to molest her, tried to molest this woman. He thought that record was purged and it wasn't available, and so he had that. He also shot his brother. His brother-in-law, and he was also extremely violent to his to his children, his son and his young son and daughter, and to his you know to his uh, his wife. Uh, his his wife is a believer that uh, that he is responsible for that crime, but no one's going to really you know you know do it. No one's really working it. Uh, as far as they're concerned, it's solved. They don't have to pay they don't have to pay any money to. Uh, to uh, you know, to uh, Damon Eccles and Jesse and Jason Baldwin, uh, any state money, uh, because they had the, pled the Alfred plea. Uh, and uh, so to this day, they're, they're sex offenders, these, these three. I, I did a presentation with Amanda Knox and Jesse, Miss Kelly, uh, about a year and a half ago up in, uh, up in New York. And uh, you could see, we just, they I took a chunk out of their lives. It's like they're, it's like they're they're behind developmentally, emotionally, because of the time that was they spent a period of time in their lives in uh, in prison, particularly uh, uh, Damien, and and it was the same too with Amanda. It's the same same thing. Speaking of interviewing parents of victims and also parents that may be considered suspects. You were directly involved in the still unsolved homicide of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey. For those who are yet to read the cases that haunt us, can you explain how you became involved in the case? Yeah, I was in. Um, I happened to be in Utah at the time, speaking at a university. When I got a call from an investigator who's working on a defense team, I didn't know who he was, and uh, asked me that if I would like to participate 
in in the investigation, and I and uh, I told uh, a colleague of mine who used to work for me in, in the unit. I, I accepted it, and I, and I said, uh, "This family is guilty." You know, I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that they're, you know they're guilty because what I was reading in the paper is what was being presented on on television. So I, I go over and I meet the uh, the attorneys at, in, in Denver in a, an old mansion they have as a uh, as an office, and inside of what would be the living room is a, is a closed encasement of a of like a fiberglass room within the room, and, and go in there. So I'm thinking in the back of my mind, what are these guys going to do? They're going to like offer me money or something? They're going to pay me? I'm going to give them a rash of crap and walk right out on them? But they, I got in there. And and I sat down, and, and they said, John, we don't know. We really don't know. We don't know. Just by, so we don't think they did it. Uh, we, but we we'd like you to take a look at what we have. Can we present to you what what we have? And I said, Yeah. I says, But you know, uh, and they are going to pay me. They're going to pay me. But the pay, people think I became a millionaire. Fifteen hundred dollars. I spent a lot of time. I testified out there and everything, uh, and, and because once I realized I'm, I was not working for, I was working for victims. I wasn't working for offenders. I was working for victims of a violent crime who had been, who are now in the process of being re-victimized uh, by being accused of killing a child. But once I saw how how she was how she was murdered and the things that was done to her that was wasn't all made made uh, public, uh, and and. Uh, it, 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 parents kill. Believe me, we have had plenty of cases. Parents kill, but not like this. Not like this. Not in this uh, with this family. This this type of family, you know. Either uh, they don't kill like uh, like this. So I did the analysis. I I met with the uh, the family, uh, and uh, went. I actually, uh, first thing I did, I went to the house. And kind of re- reenacted, reconstructed things to see where they were. Uh, their bedroom was was their bedroom was up like in an attic that was made into a master bedroom, and the children are on the next floor down. And you can't hear anything with the air conditioning, heating units going. You really can't hear anything if anyone was down below you uh, there. Uh, but I looked at the, when I look at a case like that. Okay, you're looking at uh, then I'm looking at pre-offense behavior, post-offense behavior. What's going on? In their lives, you know, and I didn't see anything in pre-offense behavior that it would that I, I was out of the ordinary or unusual. It's Christmas time; they're going to Charlevoix, Michigan, for the holidays, and I think they're going to work their way down to Disney Disney World. Uh, and uh, I don't see anything there. Uh, now we perpetrate the crime. Okay, the crime has been perpetrated. Let's take a look at that. And then I saw where the investigators asked uh, John and a neighbor, Fleetwood to take a look around, see if anything's out of the ordinary. Take a look downstairs in this basement. So they, they go down there. Usually when a parent kills, what we found over the years, that the parent, the, the parent who did the killing, it won't be the one to find the body. You'll get somebody else, the person with them. Or if it's searching in a yard or something, with a, or a search party, they, may, they are not going to be the one to find the child. In this situation here, Fleet White goes down, John goes into this room, checks, it's a, it's a wine cellar, but there's no wine, they don't even drink, and there he finds uh, uh, his daughter, oh my God, my baby, he, he shouts out, and uh, she has tape over her mouth, her hands are over her head, uh, uh, tied uh, together, uh, 
he doesn't know it yet, but she is garroted, uh, and uh, he then picks her up, carries her upstairs, lays her down in the, and eventually in the, I guess it's in the, the living room. A bunch of people are up there. Everything's contaminated, uh, uh, and uh, they're trying to bring her back to life, rubbing her body. In, that's in rigor, and uh, there's a little bruise on her on her forehead. So she has a bruise on her forehead. She, she uh, has been garroted. They can't even see the garrote. She's been garroted, uh, and a piece of the, the paintbrush is used to, to, uh, for the, as a handle to garrote her with a rope, that, in this, this nylon rope that they never found where this rope was that Ramsey didn't have. They didn't find any other pieces of it. Uh, they find uh, wood fibers from, uh, from, a, uh, from the same paintbrush in their Vaginal, uh, vaginal area. She's been penetrated with, uh, believe now, with that, with that stick. That's how that, that uh, you know, got there. Uh, when they they start the autopsy and they remove her, 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 the skull or the the skin on the skull, uh, surprisingly, they find that the skull has been uh, cracked open like a like a coconut, like eight eight and a half inches in length, but. Why is there just a little red, slight red mark on her, her forehead? And, and my gosh, to break your skull, you'd think there'd be some kind of edema, there'd be swelling and blood. And, uh, well, why is because the, she was dead or on her last breath when, when uh, the person responsible wasn't satisfied enough uh, with, uh, with, with the, uh, uh, with, with the death itself. So he, he does her in. Uh, with, it wasn't necessary for the to kill. To, she's already, you know, dead from uh, from the uh, the garrot. Uh and so uh, and then the letter. The other thing, the letter, right? The famous, the two and a half page letter. And the FBI was against me. Police hated me around the country, and, and you know, never saw a two and a half page letter. And yeah, you know, that's right. They're right about that. However, when would the letter have been written? Is the question. You mean to tell me that? After the the tell me the Ramses have been murdered. Now you're going to write a two and a half page letter, uh, uh, this threatening letter, asking for money, and the money coincides roughly to what a bonus that John Ramsey has. But you're you're going to be pulling in into this letter different uh, different verses that are coming right out of movies, out of, out of movies like Ransom uh, and uh, and. You're going to have the presence of mind to, you know, to do something like that after, after uh, the crime. No, yeah. no, you're you're not. You're not going to have that, that kind of presence of mind. So, I just saw so many different, different things, and you know, the bureau they were angry. You know, they, you know like I, I may be, you know, I, I like when I saw Alex Hunter talking before the public. We know you're out there. We know there's going to be there's more than one of you. I, I know I knew that he was coached by. Without anyone telling me, I mean, I, I, I invented this stuff that, that that he was being told by by the agents of, of what to say. But I'm not telling the, I'm not sort of telling the the, uh, the defense what they're doing here, what, the, what you know, what their tactics are. I'm not doing it. I would have loved to have been you know been able to solve that case if it was them to come up and get a, a confession out of them. But that was not that was you know not the case. And and it was, it was a broken man. I, I've met John several times, uh, and uh, a, a broken a broken man. Uh, Patsy Ramsey's 
stage, she was in remission, cancer returned, she died. Everyone was waiting for a dying declaration. There was no dying declaration. She didn't kill her, kill her daughter. John has since remarried. CBS comes out with a, uh, a TV show with these so-called FBI, some former agent expert, experts, in quotes, and, and uh, forensic experts, and, and, they, and they come up with this theory more than a theory, but an accusation that 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 uh, Burke Ramsey is responsible for the uh, you know, the death. I mean, I was I was watching that and thinking, holy mackerel, you can't say something like that. I mean, here Burke is. Uh, he's I'm not going to say where he lives, but I, I've come across him over the uh, the years. I mean, he he did not. Uh, hit his sister accidentally or whatever uh, or on, on on purpose in fact if if the parents knew that they never would have allowed him to talk to the police alone without even the parents the parents, uh, the, the parents uh, in the presence uh, of uh, of Burke uh, so that's another one of these cases where you know they they what they did what they did Nick is they and you see this sometimes on cases you, you let, they let a theory drive an investigation, and they let certain evidence that supports the theory in, and they disallow some evidence that doesn't fit the theory out. You know, so so they let that theory you know drive it, it not being driven by evidence of any kind or uh, forensic or uh, evidence or whatever uh, eyewitness testimony. You know, they're letting a letting a theory, uh, and you know why? Because too. Because you had a, a, you didn't have a homicide investigator work in that case. You had a drug investigator uh, working, a narcotics officer working that case. And because they have so few cases, they rotate them out there in Boulder. And so the mindset of a, a narcotics officer is different than a homicide officer. A narcotics officer knows, comes, knows you're dealing, knows it's you. I know it's you. I'm going to make a case on you. I'm going to make it, uh, you know, on you. Uh, I'm going to build a case all around you. Informants, whatever, we're going to get you. Well, you get that mindset in the homicide case. I know you did it. I know the, the certain behavior. Patsy, when they brought the child up, uh, Patsy was there. Her fingers were splayed across her face, peeking through her eyes and all that other, other nonsense stuff. No, you let, you let, uh, uh, you you let a theory drive your investigation. You you are you're into a narcotics investigation mindset, not a homicide investigators, and that's why. Who was the investigator from Colorado Springs? Uh, Lou Smith. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As soon as you are brought in to take a look at the case, and as soon as the famous homicide detective, the late great Lou Smith is brought in to take a look at the case. The two of you separately come up with very similar conclusions. It's the famous Lou Smith intruder theory. I, when, I, when I testified for the grand jury, and then uh, he, test, he testified, I guess, before I did, some, a different day, and I, I testified. Uh, uh, afterwards, they said that Lou Smith wanted to speak with me and over in Colorado Springs. Great guy, really great guy. And, and uh, so uh, they drove me over there, and, and uh, I knock on his door, and he comes to the door, and he said, and we introduced ourselves. He said, John, he said, I don't know, I don't know how you did it. It, it, it took me 10 months, so 10 months. Uh, you came up with this in, in four days, four or five days, whatever, whatever it was. And he said, and you didn't see everything. And, and I've got everything. I, I got everything here. I, I, I'd like to go through the case, a PowerPoint presentation, and, and with you. And I said, oh, that'd be great. 
So I went down in his basement. He went through the whole case and then seeing even everything, but things I didn't see. I just, I, I just, uh, certain cases had to make assumptions. Uh, everything just fit. And uh, then they were coming out that, you know, that, uh, that, that Lou and, and myself, that, that the family was religious, that, that we were, that we were being pulled into the Ramses because of uh, our faith, because of faith. And no, we've, both of us have been in, in investigators of all types. We'll, we'll arrest religious people. I mean, we don't, 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 uh, you don't care. But, but if we don't like, you know, wrongful convictions and, and destroying the lives of, you know, of uh, of people. I mean, it's terrible to, to lose your child, but now to be to be accused of killing, uh, killing your child, and and uh, and that's when when you get into Nick the like social media where it can be dangerous. A lot of social media can be good where you can develop help and actually can help law enforcement with leads and people discussion. And there's been some websites that have been very very successful. But then you get others, you know, which can totally can jeopardize. Uh, investig- investigation and shape the attitude of of people. I remember right after that too. I'm on a train going up to New York, and and there's a guy in front of me, and and this was after I did an analysis. I'm back, and 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 on the night of the crime, it was like the head on the night of the crime. Patsy was with was with out with her lover, and I'm thinking, what the hell? So I when I get to New York, I call. I said. I, was did, was Patsy having an affair with some guy? You're you not telling me. What are you talking about? And I said, this guy. It's one of these rag tabloid things. <laughs> you know, I saw this on a train. No, it's garbage. It's garbage. But you can see how people see that that kind of crap, you know, and uh, and 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 start believing, you know, start believing in it, and you can't you can't sway their their uh, their opinion at all. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership 
when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Do you think we will ever know who killed Jean Benet? I hope so. I mean, I don't know. You hear different things of a... Yeah, if they brought in a, 
they've had some good suspect. They had one good suspect there. They had several. I mean, uh, the, the place was full of uh, sex offenders all around the areas where, where Patsy and John uh, were living there. But then there was one guy who, uh, who committed suicide. Uh, he had access to a stun gun. See, the police discount that. Lou Smith went over the stun gun and showed me. They did, st- they did tests with a, uh, a medical doctor on pigs uh, using a stun gun, showing the marks and similarities here. I mean, hopefully, you know, DNA, familial DNA or something will, you know, will solve that, uh, that case one, one day. But I don't know if they're, they're working. And I hear once in a while, you hear like a new attorney general come in, we're going to take a new look at the case or the, the, uh, a, a prosecutor uh, wants to take a, a look at the case. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, uh, you can look at the Golden State case. I mean, after all these years, I mean, we worked that case. Uh, the you know, I just worked the I worked when it was the East Area rapist, the rapes uh, that that he was uh, he was doing, and uh, we didn't. It wasn't responsible. It was just DNA. DNA got him, which was uh, after so many years. A police officer uh, was responsible. We're all very excited for the release of your new book, The Killer's Shadow, the FBI's Hunt for a White Supremacist Serial Killer. Can you tell us a little bit about your latest book? This is a, a, a different kind of serial killer, and it was a, a case that, uh, the first case that the Bureau would give me, only because they've, uh, of a supervisor on the Civil Rights Division uh, uh, squad up at headquarters, we knew each other from Milwaukee Division. We were on the same SWAT team together. And I, uh, he knew I was doing this research on serial murders and going to prisons. And he calls me to see if I could be, a, uh, be of help. So this would be different, Nick. This would not be a profile so much as it would be an assessment. Uh, so you got to kind of do your own old show. Years ago it was called This Is Your Life, you know. And, uh, and they would do this background, of, a total background of a guy. So I would go up to uh, headquarters. And, uh, yeah, it would, and uh, I, there was a lot of pressure because if I screw this thing up, I'm just starting to get going here. And not, not everyone is supportive within the organization of me doing any of this, this research. Uh, they just don't understand, you know, what the purpose of it is, even though we're helping local police and the later international police departments here. So, so the assessment is, is that the, the, the latest thing with Franklin is, is that, He's linked to over 20 homicides. He traveled. He's a, he's a prolific bank robber. Uh, he, he, unlike serial killers that have a particular comfort zone for the crimes, this guy is all over the place. He's all over the map. Uh, uh, he's a, a bomber. Some of his cases are a bombing. Uh, he is a, uh, a bank a bank robber, prolific bank robber. Uh, he is a, a, it turns out to be an excellent shot with a rifle. Uh, in, in, in fact, he's an excellent shot with only one eye, because when he, as a youth, he lost the sight of eyes uh, in his right eye uh, in an accident. People think it's a, said it was a bicycle. No, it wasn't a bicycle accident. It was a, a shade, an old a window shade with a spring inside. And he was playing with his brother. The spring came out, popped him right in the eye. Mother took him to the hospital. A mother who was extremely abusive to him. A father extremely, uh, again, uh, very, very abusive uh, to him and, and his brothers and, and sisters. Mother takes him to the hospital. The doctor says, we can't do anything right now. Well, it's temporary, but bring him back in a couple of months. We'll do some surgery and we'll 
make his eye good as new. She doesn't do that. She doesn't take him back as a young child to the hospital. He ends up losing his sight, and he, he then, uh, what a way to overcompensate the loss of sight is to be an excellent shot. Uh, uh, he wanted to be a police officer, too. Another one, he said, oh, another guy wants to be a, an officer. And uh, when, he, when he heard through a neighbor who was a police officer that he couldn't join because of the loss of, of one eye, he extremely uh, angry and bitter again towards his uh, you know towards his mother hated hated his mother and his father and that's why he would he would he would change his name to Joseph his name was James Vaughn he would change his name to Joseph uh, Paul uh, Paul Franklin and then uh, uh, he then was gravitated to uh, these uh, KKK and, uh, different uh, these radical hate hate groups. Uh, American Nazi uh, Party passing out uh, literature. Today he would have a field day with the Internet uh, access. Uh, But then what he realized was, because he was paranoid, that uh, these organizations were pretty much uh, uh, infiltrated by FBI, by FBI informants, and they were keeping good tabs on them, uh, on these organizations back back then. And they were primarily, you know, Talking the talk, but not walking the walk, and he got became frustrated and, and uh, decided to go out on his own. and And the so-called birth of the the lone wolf, lone wolf uh, criminal, and it just started by tailing interracial couples. First one was up in Maryland. Uh, he maced them, uh, but then that was after the macing them. Uh, that was the last time he used mace. From then on in, he would. Uh, he would start uh, using uh, uh, fi- various firearms. He he shot uh, Larry Flint, uh, the of uh, uh, Flint uh, Hustler magazine. He shot he shot him. Uh, he shot uh, uh, Vernon Jordan, uh, civil rights leader. Uh, you know, at, at the time he wrote a threatening letter to uh, to uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh, Secret Service was uh, uh, when he wasn't identified yet uh, was uh, was trying to figure out you know who done it. So I, what I said was with him the long and short of it is I came up with an assessment that predicted where he would go in the in the country and that would be now now that he's a fugitive he's a top ten uh, yeah he committed these crimes all around these other areas but he's gonna it's gonna be a homing pigeon now he's going back to Mobile. It's going back to Mobile and and to Florida. He may not be robbing banks because we'll have uh, a lot of these banks be notified, staked out. And uh, but the teletype then was teletypes uh, was an internet teletype goes out. He's spotted in Mobile, Alabama. The agent in charge of the office calls me and wants to know the name of the bank or savings loan. Do I think this guy is going to be robbing it? I said, What? I said, What do you? I can't. I don't know. I, you didn't even know what city he was in. I, I told you what city he's in. So he was there temporarily. Uh, they spotted him, surveillance camera, and a, a blood bank. And then they they uh, passed out flyers on him through all these different blood banks in the in this deep south, out in Florida. And that's where he would be. He would be spotted uh, in a blood blood bank. So uh, got him there. I coached. The, they'll say they'll, I coached the uh, the uh, agent on the interview a little bit, uh, but then I got to interview him uh, later on in the, uh, in the late 80s, 90, 90-ish. 
with, with a Secret Service agent. You would have thought, Nick, that Secret Service would have had a behavioral science unit uh, over the years. They did not have a unit like we had. They, did, they had not done research like we were doing with violent uh, crimes uh, at all. And so I did a couple of cases for Secret Service over the years that, that turned out pretty good. And so then they sent down uh, a guy, great, a great guy, he's passed away, uh, Ken Baker, Secret Service, and and uh, we we conducted uh, some research on assassins. Interviewed like Squeaky Fromm, who shot Ford, Sarah Jane Moore, who shot Ford, Arthur Bremer, who shot George Wallace, James Earl Ray, shot Dr. Martin Luther. Luther King and other assassination style of per- killings, and that's why we interviewed Franklin because he had that assassination style of killing. And uh, the problem is, is, uh, is that, and we come up with this killer shadow, is that to this day he still casts a shadow, a long shadow, uh, because there are others like him out there. He's now he's been executed, 2013, but. Uh, uh, there are others who that the law enforcement come across now and then who uh, are emulating people, you know, like him, who who are being influenced today, not so much like the old days where it would be in a some some hall room or, or meeting or some someone's basement. Now it's on the internet where you can have uh, you can have and there's hundreds and hundreds of sites, these uh, racist sites, anti-Semitic sites. Where, where someone can gravitate to that, and uh, not everyone will go, will go out and can, uh, perpetrate acts of violence, but but someone may, and someone will, will see that and and take action like a you know like this uh, 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 Joseph uh, Paul Franklin uh, you know character, and so it's and so it's much it's difficult today to investigate them. In the old days, you had an organization. Now you have you have someone. Who could be influencing others, but it's not, they're not tied into. There's no hierarchy, there's no leader and soldiers, you know, none of that, lieutenants, like an organized crime, even. You don't have, you don't have anything like that. So it makes it extremely difficult for law enforcement. And law enforcement resources are very skimpy, particularly after 9 11. The emphasis was on, uh, it was on international terrorism, uh, a little bit de emphasis on, because uh, of resources on domestic uh, domestic terrorism so it's uh you it's not over you'll there'll be others other cases unfortunately uh you know hopefully we can what we we can rely on is is information from the public when they see someone who's becoming obsessed with with hatred and anti-Semitic, uh, anti-everything or African Americans and it's becoming uh, obsessed with weapons and, and other maybe weapons of destruction. Uh, law enforcement can't be everywhere at every time, so they rely on public information from anonymous sources. That's what they need to follow up uh, the leads to see if this person, you know, if they can, if they will carry out uh, a, uh, you know, this, you know, a, a violent act. It's kind of like a school shooter. I mean, you have certain indicators, but you can't always predict for 100%. You can interact interest, or intercede and, and uh, uh, take some action, family, or yeah, and give this person counseling or whatever. Uh, but it's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult for law enforcement. So they're going to, that's what they'll see in this book. They'll see 
the evolution of him, how and and uh, kind of like the the uh, Sonny Bono and Cher, the beat goes on and the beat goes on. It's, there'll be more. Unfortunately, there'll be more probably cases like this in in the future. Mr. Douglas, thank you again for your time today and for doing the interview. You've been more than generous with us here in the garage. Thanks for having me again, and we're working on another one for next year. Next year, we'll be doing one. Uh, they want us to do like kind of like an Ann Rule thing, like one case, case that sometimes be a case that I've worked, or maybe case to take a look at. You know, a, a new case, uh, investigate, uh, to try to come up with a solution, or so. So have me back. Yes, sir. As soon as you're done with this next book, we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mr. Douglas, for joining us in the garage. Thank you so much for joining us here in the garage, letting us be a part of your week, letting us be a part of your holidays. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading this week? We have a lot to recommend today. First off, the True Crime Garage, every single episode archive is available for your listening pleasure when you download the free Stitcher listening app on your device. That's right. Over 440 episodes to listen to for free, including the last time Mr. John Douglas was on the show back in May of 2019 in the John Douglas Mind Hunter episode number 302. Also, we will be recommending a batch of John Douglas's books. We recommended The Killer's Shadow last week, and you heard us reference in our discussion this week some of his other great books, including The Cases That Haunt Us, Law and Disorder, and The Killer Across the Table. We will have all of those great titles listed on our recommended page at truecrimegarage.com. Here's us wishing all of you and yours a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. Be good, be thankful, and please don't let up. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.